in Seattle. Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to ridingdancedown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 587 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Les Schwab Studio. What's up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, uh, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about maybe some things that you don't need to do all the time for your kids, because if you're like me... Especially when summer camps are here, I'm always thinking like, wow, is he is he having as much fun as the other kids and all the kids are in camps and what's he doing? And I don't want to be bored and sometimes a single person, you really worry about that, your child being bored and we're finding out that maybe your child being bored is one of the best things you can do for your child. Also, uh, how often are you supposed to shower? Al Roker was talking about this on the Today Show the other day. Uh, the weatherman, he was horrified, uh, and I was a bit horrified for him. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Ron, I sent you an article, and it says that the housing recession is over, and I'm still waiting to go into a recession. They say it's the housing market that goes into the recession first, and a lot of times it's the housing market that may come out of recession last. So what say you? I know you watch Wall Street a lot, Main Street, you invest in real estate, uh, you invest a lot in the S&P and other things. What do you see right now? And did did we go through this recession? Because lots of free money and lots of COVID made it really weird for lots of us. And it is healthy for an economy to go through a recession every 10 to 12 years. Did we go through it? I I think it depends on on where you live and how you interpret these things. In in other words, if you lived in, like uh, last episode, I think you brought up Indianapolis. If you live in Indianapolis, and you're a property owner there and you are a business owner there, your life is entirely different than someone that lives uh, in Seattle or San Francisco. Uh, my brother and I are going to go, we're going to Detroit to sample some Detroit pizza in September. People living in Detroit and the business in Detroit, buying a home in Detroit, completely different experience. Uh, they have a program where you can get a house for a dollar as long as you promise to, f- to fix it up. So, or a thousand dollars, something like a ridiculous thing where it's an old, uh, I think it's a dollar. It might be a dollar. So I'm just saying it, it really depends. Let's talk about the Pacific Northwest specifically because that's where we are. I think we did see what the Pacific Northwest version of that is. What do I mean by that? Um, you've talked about year. If, if you own an asset like a house, one way to measure the success of that asset is year over year appreciation. How do they come up with that number? All right. Cause we, we, you get these reports or an automated email, let's say from Redfin or Zillow. And it says, if you've ever said, I own this property uh, or even in the county, like I just got my county records and they increased the value of, of a home that I own. So now I'm going to owe more taxes. How do they come up with that? Well, they take your zip code uh, usually and they say, Let, let's find like properties. So we're going to say, okay, Ron has a three bedroom, three bathroom house with a garage in Burien. What are other houses like that, similar to that, that have sold over the past year? How much did they increase in value? And and they're going to add other things into this calculation, but that's kind of what they're doing. So year over year, 
Like I would see stuff like 17% year over year. And then the next year was 19%. And then one year it was, it dropped down to 13%. And so you're seeing, and that's, uh, you're resetting every year. So let's say you went from 500 grand and it was up 13%. You start over and then it's a, so the, the over two years, it's going to be even more if, if that makes sense. So they're calculating this year over year increase. And so to go from double digits for, I think, four or five years in a row to then down to even 1% or a negative 2%, that's a huge swing. And so for Seattle standards, going from a 17% year over year, and you brought up some properties you've owned in a, in a four-year period, the value of the house went up 40%. So if you went, that's probably double digits for four years in a row. Uh, and then if you drop down to flat or you drop down to 1% or negative 1%, that is a recession in a sense, if that makes sense. So it's not a recession by the classical definition economists use, but for your practical experience as a property owner, you're like, whoa, I went from 13, 17%, 19%, 12% to 1%. That fee, that's a huge slowdown in momentum in that particular zip code. And so, I think that that's the experience that most people have had here. We did see some neighborhoods uh, and some property types that that decreased in value over the last eighteen months. They have. They the, by if you look at the statistics. The, so this three bedroom, three bathroom house that was going up, 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 up uh, for now it would decrease. From what if you thought your comp was now seven fifty and now things are selling for seven twenty five, so it has in in theory it's decreased. But like the stock market, if you're not selling the house, it doesn't really affect you other than on paper, or if you're trying to refi, if you're trying to get a HELOC, something. If you're trying to unlock equity in that house, it will affect you. But if you're like, hey, I'm just living here, um, yeah, I, I guess it dipped a little bit. I'm still, I'm not moving. So I'm just going to ride this out. Then in that sense, I think the recession has turned the corner in that I believe when we're going to see if you did year to year fall 2023 to fall 2024, I think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be 17%, but I think in a lot of areas, you're going to see a positive number again. It's going to be a 5%, 6%, 7% year over year. How about you? Because you read a lot of the same data, but we don't really riff on this much unless it's on the show. Yeah, I, th I think it really depends upon what part of the country that you're in. And even the things that you're seeing in San Francisco, and, and, and we talked in another story about, uh, walking through Seattle the other day and, and, and Seattle's fighting for its life right now. I, I think Portland lost and I think San Francisco is going to have to, they're going to have to make some changes down there. Some, some things are going to have to change because businesses are moving and it's not easy to get businesses to come back. It's not, but you and I lived in San Francisco and we were in our twenties and a lot of the chickens that came home to roost, we saw we 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 saw all those ch ch chickens being hatched back when we were in our twenties. And can I just say a sidebar real quick? Because now this is everyone's getting all the mailers and the door knockers for voting for your city council member right now, and it's annoying to get seventeen postcards in the mail. This is more important to pick the right city council member than it is to vote in a national election. Yep. This, so. It's annoying to go out yep. and read everybody's platform, figure out if you really want to reelect some people that have name recognition or not. 
This vote that we're having right now, uh, and by the time this podcast is uh, airs, I think your ballot is about to be due. Do a little homework, set aside a cup of coffee in the morning to go, which one of these candidates really aligns with my values? So if you're Don O'Neill or you're Ron Upshaw and you believe X, Y, and Z about housing, about homelessness, about uh, law enforcement, go in, find those candidates and go, hey, just because so-and-so, I recognize their name, doesn't mean you have to vote for them again. So anyways. Yeah. And, and what I have seen is some of my friends that are in banking, some of my friends that are loan officers, is the economy has slowed, as recession has slowed. And I can't even say, say the economy has slowed. It's just different. It's weird. Stagflation is a weird thing. Uh, but, I, but I do see some people right now either dodging bullets or they've lost jobs altogether. Or maybe a friend of mine works at a bank where a bunch of other people were let go. Uh, certain offices, satellite offices during kind of the boom of free money w- was going on and happening. And a lot of these financial institutions expanded. And and now they're saying, okay, uh, we got to pull in the reins here a little bit because uh, we've hit some rough waters. So I do, I do think parts of the economy are in a recession. And for a lot of people, it just depends upon if, if you have a job, if you're working, if you're able to take care of your family, if you're able to create housing, create wealth, create a wealth snowball, any of that stuff. Uh, but I do have to say it, it's, it's in moments like these, right? Where you, we're going to go out with, uh, some clients today that are looking to buy an investment property here in Seattle. It's in moments like these. And Warren Buffett always talks about this. When everyone's running from it, that's when you run to it because therein lies the opportunity. We will see you on the other side. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Happy summer. Ron and Don here for Les Schwab. It is the summer driving season, and they have a huge sale coming up. They have this every summer, but they're doing something I haven't seen them do ever. This is pretty cool if you want to drive into a Les Schwab and boom, immediately put $200 in your pocket. Yeah, right now on the summer sale, you get a prepaid MasterCard valued at up to $200 when you purchase a set of four qualifying tires. You can save an additional $50 when you purchase the tires with your Les Schwab account. Sale ends on July 8th. All right, so Les Schwab, schedule that appointment right now at leschwab.com or when you see one of the 84 locations, you can just drive in and, and take a look at that time. You can stop by any location tell them ron and don sent you that's two hundred dollars with four select tires les schwab they've been doing the right thing since 1952 all right listen up everett in Woodby island and our friends over on bainbridge and of course down in the south sound and over to Wenatchee. What's right up, up, University Place? Yeah, and right on the east side. And, of course, all our freaky friends in Fremont. You know why I name all these places? Because Ron and Don have the biggest social media following and the biggest podcast of any realtor in the state of Washington and probably in the Pacific Northwest and probably in the country. As a result of that, everybody in the Ron and Don Nation, well, they're choosing Ron and Don to sell, buy, and invest in real estate. And why do you do that? It's because you trust us with a capital T and we have a connection from all our years of doing Trustor Radio. But Ron, at the end of the day, we still have to step in, do a great job, be phenomenal, and win the deal, right? Yeah, it all starts with the Ron and Don sit-down. It's a 30 to 45-minute Zoom call, free of charge, no obligation. We'll meet you, see if we make a good team. Email me directly, ron at ronanddon.com, or you can set it up on the website, ronanddonsitdown.com.
All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. It's interesting, summertime. What did, what did you do uh, in the summers growing up in, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, when you got bored? Well, my, my best friend at the time, we're, we're talking little kid, right? When you were a little kid? Yeah, like elementary, junior high, and so high school. So my best friend at the time was, uh, his name was Kevin. He lived about six or seven houses up from us. And we decided that uh, we were going to become Batman and Robin. And so for whatever reason, his garage, we had access to his garage. So we decided we were going to build a bat cave in Kevin's garage. He got to be Batman, which I, looking back on it now, uh, I agreed to be Robin under duress. I think I felt like, well, it's his garage. He gets to be Batman. Looking back now, I think that I should have been Batman and he should have been Robin, even, even though it was his garage. But uh, at the time, I went. I just went along to get along. Uh, I didn't have a garage to build a bat cave in, so I was like, "Okay, you get to be Batman." We never actually completed the bat cave. What was in the bat cave? Well, bat cave stuff. Oh. A lot of cardboard boxes that were like sort of put together into a cave-like who was, who structure. Was Alfred? We did not have an Alfred. Did Batgirl stop by? Uh, well, I think we tried to recruit some Batgirls. Did but, you have a light for Commissioner Gordon? Uh, you know, we, it was a work in progress. It's a we, really shitty vacuum. <laughs> we, we were working on it, so we would do that. Uh, my other friend, Jeremy, that I was on the Little League Baseball with, uh, I'd go to his house. Um, we would do a lot of bicycling, and yeah. so I had a dime. I first had a Huffy. With the big, uh, the big seat and the tail bar in the back. Then you got a diamond back. And then I got a diamond back. So we would just ride our bikes all day long. My dad would give me maybe five bucks if I was lucky, a, a dollar fifty if or whatever I could steal out of the change jar. Yeah. We would like to go to Seven Eleven, uh, buy a pack of baseball cards. If I could get a Slurpee, that would be cool. And if we had anything left over, we would go to the arcade. Safari West was the name of the arcade play a couple video games and like that would be a typical day. How, what, what about you? Cause you were a little bit older than me. Well, I, li- I, I lived in Grandma Park, Illinois, the home of the blue horn. My, we had gone to Disney world and my dad got this blue horn and he could blow especially when he was drunk, he could blow the hell out of this horn. And you could hear this horn all over the neighborhood when my dad blew it. So we didn't have pagers, phones, anything like that. We had a farmer's field across the street. We like to go build forts in the farmer's field. Also, we love fire. We loved, doing lots of things with fire uh in the winter months we'd be over there with our snowmobiles building uh uh, ramps on our snowmobiles and then we'd return in the summer months and we would build ramps for our mini bikes and for our regular bikes so we were always out with billy weatherall we were in the stp gang we had uh stp oil treatment this is before there were the Stone Temple Pilots. And, and we had jean jackets. And for whatever reason, in the summer months, even it was 100 degrees, we wore STP you, jean jackets. You still love a good jean yeah, jacket. Yeah, and, and I tell you what, when you heard the horn, though, you knew you had about 10 minutes to get home because my dad was a trucker. And when he got home, supper had to be on the table. My mom would make sure supper's on the table. Then he'd go to bed, and he'd be back up at 3 o'clock in the morning. So if you weren't home and you missed dinner, you missed dinner. You were sent to your room. You were grounded. That was it. And uh, there were some long nights sometimes. I Because sometimes I didn't always hear the horn. So Or maybe I heard it, and I didn't want to come home. Because maybe we were in the bil- middle of building a fire across the street, I would say, and we were trying to put the fire out in the farmer's field. If we did have what we consider these days to be a camp, there was a, a public park across from where we lived and they had a rec center and you could go 
and your parents could sign you up. You got a lunch. You got like a white bread sandwich and a juice box. But the activities were like pool, basketball. Uh, maybe sometimes you would do a craft day. But it was kind of a free for all um, at the. But that was considered to be camp light. Yeah, yeah. And, and anyway, I was reading this story the other day, and it said because I, I get a little, I'm a little hard on myself sometimes, especially when it comes to my kid and going to camp. And you hear about all these great camps that kids go to, and their parents usually sign them up, you know, three years ahead of time. Uh, camps on average are about a hundred dollars a day. So let's say that you're sending your kid to camp during the summer months when they're off, you may be spending six to seven grand. Uh, just on camps, which is really, which is really crazy to me. So anyway, it, it, this story just reminded me, and it's something that I learned in therapy that for our kids sometimes, and Ron is actually really good at this. Uh, you're really good at identifying when someone's going through a hard time and then asking them about it, uh, exploring that with them, but without solving it. Like, like, and, and I've noticed you do that. And, and when you have, when you have a child, sometimes it's different because you want to step in and you want to solve things for them. And sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to pick your kid up and you have to carry them. That's just, you know, that footprint in the sand. Sometimes when you have children, there's just two footprints and they're yours because you pick them up and you carry them. And, and, and we certainly did some of that during COVID, but, but they also have to learn to put their own two footprints in the sand and kind of walk on their own. And part of that is exploring feelings of what is it like to be bored in the summer? Uh, what is it like? like to have your heart broke by a girl or by a boy. Uh, what is it like uh, to all of a sudden have a phone now and there's boundaries around that phone and you have to decide every day whether you're going to follow those those boundaries or not, right? For, for, for kids especially. What's it like to, uh, he's, my son's heading into the eighth grade. So all these kids are going to be the big men and women on campus, but they had fifth grade taken away from them in elementary school where they were the big men and women on campus. And then, and then COVID hit and happened. So, so, so anyway, I just, I'm trying to do a better job at making sure I'm not trying to fix things and solve things. And, and when he feels sadness or anger, understanding that those are real emotions too. And it's okay to feel those, not to stuff those. Uh, in this article that, that I just read about, hey, some of the best thing that you can do for your kids sometimes is not trying to make sure that they're happy all the time because happy all the time is not a real feeling. It's not a real emotion. It's not real life. So. Yeah, that was really wise. What, what's your strategy on uh, unlimited screen time in the summers? I would imagine uh, that that would be a temptation for a lot of kids. Like, I don't have to go to school. So I can watch all the Marvel movies. I can play all the video games. I can be on my screen from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed uh, doing stuff that I want to do because I love video games. Yeah. So I can pick up my phone right now. I can see where he's at. Uh, I know where he's at, but I can see if he's where he's supposed to be at a particular camp. I can see what he's looking at online. If he wants to download an app, he has to ask me. So we explore that together. I can look at emails. I can look at text messages. I can look at phone calls, his phone records. I haven't looked at any of it. And I, and I told him that I plan not to. But if for some reason I have to, if something were to happen to you, uh, then, then I would look at those things. So we're just, we're building trust with that. And then, uh, his, his phone is active. 
uh, from a certain time in the morning to a certain time at night, and then it shuts down. As far as having screen time on the phone, he has 90 minutes of screen time on his phone a day. The thing is that I don't want to do, I, I want him to grow up using his phone, right? You and I live at a very interesting time. When you think about it, people started walking this planet, what, maybe a couple, a couple million years ago, but you and I lived in an age where we had this incredible technology and really where we didn't have any of it, right? And so we've, we've had to live in that space of, of trying to learn the technology and adapting to it. Uh, we've seen our parents, especially our boomer parents, sometimes struggle with that. Uh, even sometimes people trying to find our podcasts that are older that listen to us on Cairo. They, they've never downloaded a podcast app or listened to a podcast. And then when they find out how easy it is, I'll run into someone in the store. They're like, hey, I, I listened to your podcast the other day for the first time. It was usually their, their child or their kid that was showing them how to download a podcast and, and, and find our podcast. So I think I, for, for me, it's, a, it's an hour and a half. And for some reason, he needs more screen time because he, like he's been using his screen. He's doing some art projects. If he needs more screen time, he just sends me a note and says, hey, I need some more screen time. What do you need it for? Uh, and we throw more screen time on there. So even though we have those boundaries, I don't want him to feel like I'm looking over his shoulder because I don't think that's a really healthy way for him to, 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 to grow. So he has to learn to trust himself. He has to learn to sit with uncomfortable feelings because uh, I'm not always going to be here. So I just want to give him a good push into the world. We will see you on the other side. <laughs> Hey, it's Ron. I'm here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch.Loans. And Mitch, we've seen interest rates rise rapidly here uh, over the past year, 18 months. In the industry, what are you thinking is going to happen going forward? So they're still projecting rates are going to drop here near the end of the summer, definitely within the next year. And that means that now is the time to buy. So interest rates are going to drop. As we've said, we will help with the refinance on the back end. But rates dropping could mean a big influx in demand. Now, right now, there's a lack of supply, a lack of inventory, because people aren't willing to sell and get out of their low rates. If you buy now, you can beat the rush later. Okay, and also, then when the rates do drop, we can replace that rate with the new one. We sure can. Rate and replace. All right, he's Mitch at Mitch.Loans. You can buy now, replace the rate later when it drops, and Mitch take care of your loan fees. It's Mitch.Loans. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. We were just talking about uh, hygiene, and anytime you have a son who's now a teenager... Oh, just some of the hygiene problems uh, that we run into. Uh, he likes to clog every toilet in the house, and then he doesn't unclog them. He just puts a note on saying, hey, don't flush the toilet. And then he waits till things to soften, and then he tries to flush it the next day. Because he doesn't like, we call it the poop juice. He doesn't like getting the poop juice wow. on when you stick the... the uh, um, the plunger into the toilet. And I don't like getting the poop juice on me either. So anytime he clogs the toilet, it's like, hey, who's going to deal with the poop juice? Well, We're going to let this one this soften up. up. What's that? <laughs> How did we get here? We're talking about hygiene. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, and I was reading this story. Uh, Today's show now reporting, and Al Roker really upset about this, that you're only supposed to shower a couple times a week. When you do shower, it's only supposed to be for three minutes if you want to have beautiful skin. And then they're also saying... Uh, the thing that you should do first thing when you get up in the morning is brush your teeth before breakfast 
and not after breakfast. I don't really eat breakfast. I just kind of have a cup of coffee. But they say uh, it's it, and and my son was telling me the other day he was brushing his teeth, and then he was coming down and eating breakfast, and then leaving the house with all his breakfast in his teeth. And he's like, "Yeah, we learn in health you're supposed to brush your teeth before breakfast." And he's right. The research says you're supposed to brush your teeth before breakfast. It creates uh, this acid on your teeth that helps fight cavities, and it wears away during the night. And so the best thing to do is to wait. So, so, so now I'm suggesting to him before you go to school, maybe you want to brush some of those scrambled eggs and spinach Double out of brush. your out of your teeth, and maybe give the br- brush a second brush. Is it, it, is as far as only showering a couple times a week, I've been around people that only shower a couple times a week, and I'm not around them very long. I can't handle that. I can't stand it. It what, drives me what, nuts. What do you think? And how the, would you work out every day and then not shower after that? What do you think of the dermatologists that say it's you're stripping your skin of all the natural oils, natural protection that it has by showering too frequently. Yeah. Because that's, that's what the Al Roker piece was about. Well, I don't... Is I, that dermatologists are saying this is optimal for your skin is to not strip it away uh, so frequently. Yeah. So I work out every day between 50 minutes and an hour and a half. And I... Next, next, next time we get together to do the podcast, I'll make sure I get an hour and a half workout, and then I'll come sit down with you unshowered. And then, well, you uh, know that I can't smell very well, so it'll bother <laughs> you more than it'll bother me. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I shower probably once every once in a while. Like if I'm up at the tiny house, I'll skip a day. Yeah, but I, I shower pretty much every day. I'm sure you shower probably multiple times a day. Multiple times a day. So you are stripping your skin of all its natural oils. I think I look fine for 56. Like I'll take it. Like I'm cool. I, I agree. Yeah, and and Al, Al Roker was beside himself. <laughs> he's like, hell no. I don't think he's working out an hour and a half a day. So it I doesn't matter. He's like, I am showering every day. Like yeah. you, there's not, there's no way. I love that. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to yeah. do this. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. If you need us, don't forget. If you're selling in 2024, this is a summer of 2023. This is a time to start sitting down and, and, and talking about 2020. Yeah, email me, Ron, at ronadon.com. You can go to the website, ronadonsitdown.com. We have a lot of free resources and, and things you can uh, look at there. But yeah, let's just do a meeting, see if we'll make a good team, answer some basic questions. Uh, you know, we're not that threatening, I don't think, when we get out of the meeting. But yeah, this is a time. Start planning ahead. This is usually the biggest transaction for the most amount of money that people do in their lives. Uh, and so let's take it seriously. Let's have a game plan. Let's make sure that you understand all the strategies available to you. Yeah, and if you're dealing with parents, with memory care, maybe they're heading into... Uh, just a different chapter of their life. So maybe they're they're downsizing or, uh, yeah, maybe they're moving into like an Asia center or something like that. We're, we're very familiar with that. We're very sensitive about that. And we will work through that with you because a lot of times the kiddos are, you have the power of attorney and it, it, it can be very daunting uh, to not only make these decisions, but sometimes selling a piece of real estate or multiple properties and having to do that alone. That's a lot. It is a lot. We get that. We understand that. We're here to help with that. And then a lot of times, Ron, older people have put reverse mortgages on their house and they don't know how to get out of them and they don't know what that means. All they know is Tom Selleck said, hey, 
you should do a reverse mortgage. And so they did. And, 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 and now they're calling the reverse mortgage company and the reverse mortgage company is not calling them back. Yeah. If you're in that situation, you have a family member that is uh, definitely give us a call. And even if you don't end up using us, uh, let me get you some advice. I did a, a sit down uh, a month ago or so for someone in this scenario where a family member did that. And just knowing that they have the resource they can go to uh, was a lifesaver for them. Yeah. Don't forget this Friday, real estate only. It comes out every Friday. It'll drop right on this channel. Uh, so make sure you look for that. Okay. Yeah. If you need us, run it on sitdown.com. You want the newsletter, run it on sitdown.com. And just to find out more about us as broadcasters, as your neighbors, as your friends, as realtors, it's all at ron and Don, Till next time, head up, shoulders back. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. All right. On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron Don Radio Network. Only.